on the Rebel Sports Network from Learfield, live from Bourbon Street Lounge inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Welcome to the Runnin' Rebels Coaches Show, presented by Fenley Toyota. Also brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Experience life rewarded with Boyd Rewards. Proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. And by Fenley Chevrolet. Frankly, we're customer-driven. Now, here are your hosts, John Sandler and Curtis Terry. All right, welcome once again to the Bourbon Street Lounge here inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino. John Sandler, Curtis Terry, head coach Kevin Kruger with you. Talking Runner Rebel basketball. Runner Rebels getting ready to go up to Boise and uh, make their trip up to uh, Idaho and take on the Broncos on Sunday night. Of course, we're going to talk briefly about the three games uh, that have taken place since the last time we were uh, with you, the the victory up in Laramie and then the, the tough ones the Rebels have had uh, against San Diego State and last night against San Jose State and also spend some time talking about the world of college basketball and how uh, how it continues to evolve and change and get Coach Kruger and Curtis's thoughts on that. Uh, Coach, it, you know, the roller coaster ride that, is, that has been this conference season continues. A great performance up in Laramie, especially in the second half. And then uh, struggles. Uh, San Diego State's just really good and really experienced and really big. And then a rough one last night. Yep. Uh, like you said, it's been a roller coaster. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't been able to kind of have that consistency once conference started. And uh, that's what we're continuing to work for. You know, it's not over. Um, guys know that. Um, there's still room for improvement. There's time to get better because uh, we still feel we've shown that we can play. And we've shown we can win games. Um, we've just We just kind of need that 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 play to happen or that day to happen or take place where uh, we can kind of get that get that feeling back yeah and it, it's the the fact that the team has played so well at times and has shown as you said it can play i think just adds to everybody's sort of confusion and frustration when they don't play well yeah man perfectly normal i think it's perfectly uh, expected uh you know it's a it, it, it's like you said i mean the roller coaster is kind of the best way to put it uh mm-hmm. We would go out and play a, a really great game in Laramie against a team that went and thoroughly just dominated New Mexico uh, last night in the pit. And, uh, you know, and then we turn around on a, a quick turnaround and just didn't quite have the fight necessary at San Diego State. And then, unfortunately, kind of followed that up with a uh, not quite the same approach, but just not able to get over the hump last night against San Jose. Curtis, uh, I, know, I don't know that you were part of any teams that have been this, I mean, there's no other word for it, this inconsistent, this much of a roller coaster in your career, certainly at UNLV. You guys uh, didn't have that, but I, I know you, you at least recognize it and understand what the guys are going through. Yeah, no, I, don't, I wouldn't say that. I, obviously, those last two years I was there, we went to the Sweet 16 with Kevin um, in the second round of that tournament. Um, that, that that last year, my senior year, and the, the first two years, we were eh, we were just okay. <laughs> uh, but we were we were we did have a team where there was a lot of expectations. Obviously, with Blasting Game, Romel Beck, and Odardi Blankson, um, the expectations were there. But I think it's it just goes to show you how how good the conference is and how good co- college basketball is across the landscape. Um, and you, anybody can beat anybody on any given night. And I think that's kind of what what you have to take from from these type of events and, and just kind of putting a season together where it's there's good days, there's bad days, there's long days. Um, but I think it's ultimately with most teams, you're, you're trying to just make sure you're playing your best basketball as you get towards the end of the season and, and ultimately for that, that three, three-day run, hopefully, for, for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. And I think your point is a really good one. I mean, you just look in the conference. And, and the three of us talked about this before conference play began, 
that there was a, a pretty good chance that the conference was going to kind of dine on itself and everybody was going to kind of beat up on everybody else. And maybe with the exception of San Diego State, that's pretty much what's been happening. I mean, San Jose State beats Utah State and the Rebels in back-to-back games. Wyoming, uh, which uh, you know had all been given up for dead, goes down to, to the pit and takes care of a New Mexico team that looked unbeatable <clears throat> for the first three months of the season and early in conference play until the Rebels got them. And all of a sudden, they've lost, what, five of six, six of seven, something like that? Uh, it, it, and injuries play a part. Injuries have played a part in the Rebels' struggles of late. But uh, it, to Curtis's point, Coach, uh, the world of college basketball has changed significantly. Well, and I think without without a doubt, you're seeing the Mountain West, uh, even though it may not be seen nationally on the level it, it, that it is, um, you know, that's what people say about the Big 12. That's what they say about the Big 10 is that, uh, you know, they just kind of eat their own. And I think that's what uh, that's what we're seeing right this year in the Mountain West. And uh, as, the, as the programs and the, and the schools continue to kind of grow and get better, um, I think that's what we're going to see year in and year out. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, it started with with two things. One is the influx of, of coaches into the Mountain West up and down the conference that you knew were going to be able to elevate programs. Uh, there isn't a, there isn't a, a program in this uh, in this conference now that doesn't have a coach uh, that that has had success and and could continue to have success. But it's also you know the transfer portal. Kind of like the three-pointer was the great equalizer for a lot of teams when it uh, gained popularity and gained notoriety. I think the transfer portal is becoming another equalizer. It is. I think, uh, you know, like you said, the three-point line makes a lot of games uh, even or more competitive depending on uh, your style of play. But the portal is also as well. It's, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a risk-reward scenario there in the portal. And, uh, you know, some teams have have struck it rich and some teams have really struggled through it. But... uh, even with, you know the way we've gone about it the first two years, I still think we're in a better spot we were at this day last year. I agree. Though the record in the conference may not suggest it, and I still think we're in a better spot than we were two years ago to this date. So um, I'm, I'm proud of what the guys have done. I'm proud of what the people working within UNLV basketball have done um, to just continue to try to elevate the program. And while, yeah, we, we, we haven't had the conference season that we wanted to have, um, I, I still think a lot of work has been put in this year to, to be in a better spot this spring and summer than we were a year ago. I think that's a really good point, and, and Curtis, you and I sp- spent a lot of time talking about this program, <clears throat> looking at it from try to, trying to take a little bit of a, a step-back view uh, rather than get caught up in, in the night-to-night results, which, which is hard to do. But uh, uh, I, I think Coach makes a really good point there. In terms of the health of the program, uh, things have improved significantly over, they were, over where they were, and uh, you, know, you look at the guys who've been signed, the guys they're recruiting, the way this coaching staff, and, and remember, it is a brand new coaching staff this year. Uh, the way this coaching staff has leveraged the transfer portal coming into this season should only give you optimism about the future and their ability to do so. Yeah, it's, it's really a big picture thing, obviously. I mean, most Run Rebel fans um, expect us to win the conference every year, win a conference tournament, go to the NCAA tournament, and those are all great things. Um, but it's about consistency. And so I've always said you'd rather – You'd rather go to the tournament three out of five years as opposed to, you mean, one every eight. Um, And I think we've kind of been, it's it's been longer than eight. I know that. But we're we're working towards that, right? And it's kind of big picture from that standpoint. And I think, like like Coach said, in in terms of um, just the the state of the program and the health of the program from where 
especially where we were when Kevin took over two years ago, we're definitely in a much better place now. Um, we've obviously beaten top 25 teams, um, won a lot of games in the non-conference, but just have struggled so far throughout the, the conference portion of the schedule. But I think we're heading in the right direction. And and we say this like as, as if we just got knocked out of the conference tournament. I mean, there's still we still got, what, five games left in the regular season um, and that conference tournament. So, again, there's still a lot of good things to look forward to, but it's, it's trying to see the big picture in terms of what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, and um, coach's coach's point about and your point about stability. I think there's almost even more of a premium on it. We talked about San Diego State and their success uh, over time, and you know, two coaches in 24 years, and have a bunch of guys who've been there five, four, five, and six years on this year's roster. That stability goes an awful long way. And given the way college basketball has evolved, the transfer portal, uh, NIL, the fluidity and the movement within the game. Having that core, having that that group that is going to be with you for an extended period of time, season after season, to create a culture, I think it becomes even more important. Well, it's huge. It's huge uh, because you know you, you the, if you look at the teams that went in March, if you look at the teams that even at the top of the Mountain West right now, you're looking at teams that have been together. And uh, even though there's of course there's portal additions in those groups, uh, there's still guys that have been there a second or even a third year. So. You know, while we're while we're continuing to try to get better, um, that's not lost on us. That's still our goal is to get younger guys in there for the most part that that can grow together, be around each other, and uh, and hopefully just kind of continue to build chemistry uh, throughout their experiences. When do you first get a sense of the portal and and each year? I know it's it's very early in terms of specifics, but it's the the, the data kind of repeats itself now that it's become a thing i mean you're looking at a th- more than a thousand players becoming available when do you start to get a sense of the who's and any of the specifics oh well there's rumors throughout the entire <laughs> year i mean as as everybody knows but uh yeah i, I think like you said that you know that the history of it just kind of shows that certain players that, in certain situations are are probably more than likely going to enter the portal and while you might not have anything concrete if you're if you were recruiting somebody in high school or or if uh, you were recruiting them in their first go around in the portal uh that those types of thoughts as you're watching a game might enter your mind or might come up at a at a meeting but no it's one of those things where we have our recruiting meetings we talk about recruiting but uh even even now with only four games left in the regular season we're still focusing on uh, our next opponent more than anything. Yeah, and I, I don't mean to, to take any focus away from that because four important games and then Mount West Conference Tournament and who knows uh, thereafter. But <clears throat> for fans to understand, I mean, what are the rules around that? I, I mean, obviously, you you know, it's tampering if you if you get in touch with someone uh, prior to their declaring they're available. Is that is that the way it works? Yeah, it's tampering. Um which nobody's ever gotten in trouble for. So it's, uh, apparently it's more of a suggestion than a rule at this point. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, and the NCAA put in a new rule now that uh, of when kids can go into the portal and be contacted. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, uh, I mean, it's going to be a whirlwind that first day every, that, that kids are allowed to go into the portal. It's going to be uh, constant information, you know, throughout the day and throughout uh, a handful of days. But, uh, again, it, you know, going into next year's roster, we're not going to be in the same situation that we were two, two marches ago where 
you know, we had uh, one player that had played minutes potentially returning. How do you go about contacting a kid? I mean, what's the what's the what's the style? I mean, is it you know they slide in the DMs, John, like everybody else does. <laughs> uh, I mean, is it a, is it a, a, a introduction? Is it a as you said? Is it prior knowledge? Uh, it probably is different if you're if you're talking to a kid you recruited in high out of high school versus someone you have no relationship with. Yeah, if, if there's ever, I mean, like we've talked about even in the fall, everybody that has come to the UNLV program that came to this year's team, there was a prior relationship with at, at somewhere along the line, whether it uh, recruiting high school, recruiting maybe an older brother even. There, there was just some sort of connection um, that allowed that communication to start. But uh, it, it, oddly enough, Curtis says, you know, you slide in their DMs, but there, there's... Uh, like if you want to get a response from a college uh, basketball player right now that goes into the portal, the the fastest way is to send them a message on Instagram. I wow. told you, John. What? You guys know better than I. Do. He knows what I'm talking yeah, about. I'd, I'd, I'd still be you know cranking the phone and asking the operator to connect me. So you know it's it, it's all right. You're uh, not getting any transfers that I way. I guess not. Good thing not, I'm not in charge of that. But I mean it, it it's fascinating. I mean because all of a sudden you know okay you know the runner rebels are, are going to get this kid from this school. How did that happen? You know, it, it's uh, you know the world of college basketball. I think we all recognize is a pretty a pretty small one. If you don't know someone, you're probably one or two steps away from from knowing them. Um, and leveraging and maintaining those relationships have become even more critical. Yeah, and uh, and uh, like you said, I mean, there's a, there there's always a, a an ability to know somebody that can put you in contact, and uh, and uh, and and that's just kind of how it's done now. Um, but. I do think that as the portal goes on and continues, I, I, I really feel strongly about uh, the one-time transfer rule. I think, on a, personally, I, I do believe that every 18 to 22-year-old should have a I-would-rather-do-something-different kind of pass um, with their college experience. Anything past that, though, I, I do feel there should be some sort of, of whether it's even a semester, you know, or, or a year or whatever it is, just to kind of add some thought to it instead of just bouncing around over and over again. You know, as we've seen, some guys have gone to four schools in four years, and, and, uh, and hey, that, if that's their journey and that's what they want to do, um, then, you know, God bless them. And, but I, I still think for the university and for, for just some stability on, on, uh, on even the coach's side, it would, it would be nice to at least have some, be able to have some conversation about that second time that uh, somebody wanted to leave. And it, 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 it is, there's a tension because obviously, I mean, there's a, there's a case going on right now where they're considering uh, declaring student athletes as employees. And that would have a significant effect on how uh, the, the management of, of those kids uh, if, if that went through. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you allow free transfers at any time, multiple times, uh, I mean, y- your job becomes almost impossible. Well, you'll just see you'll just see uh, free agency every year yeah. with NIL uh, being what it is. You'll just see you'll just see guys going to as many places they can to just continue to just make more money, and and that's going to be the absolute only reason that that people are moving. and And while it's hey, if you want to move places for more money, then go ahead. But uh, at the same time, it's not always what's best. Yeah, and uh, I mean at, at that point, you're you know how far are we from trades? <laughs> you know, hey, I, you know, I got a kid. I think he would help you. Uh, I don't have a great relationship with him. Uh, 
you got anybody? Oh yeah, we got this these two kids and a manager, and uh, we we think that we think that would be a good. Fit. Well, yeah, if they become employees, then it, we'd really have to discuss if you long term <laughs> deals, trades, cuts, whatever, you know, whatever, <laughs> everything that goes involved with that. Absolutely crazy. All right, we're going to take our first break. Continue our conversation about uh, the current state of the NCAA runner rebel basketball. See if we can figure out some ways uh, for the runner rebels to uh, get some consistency in this final home stretch in the Mountain West Conference season. Fans, if you want to upgrade your seats at the next one of the next two uh, Rebel home games, be your first to show your Toyota keys at the Toyota table located at Portal 4 and once inside the Thomas & Mack, and you'll receive four upgraded tickets courtesy of Toyota. You're listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Keyshawn Gilbert on the left side. Keyshawn going to lob to Mawoka for the one-handed slam dunk. Back to the Kevin Kruger Coaches Show, live from the Bailiwick, inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino. That uh, highlight from last night's game, Runner Rebels using the lob a couple of times effectively. One time it almost worked, and the other times it did work. Uh, David Mooka and Keyshawn Gilbert connecting there. Uh, during the, the rough one for the Runner Rebels, John Sandler, Curtis Terry, head coach Kevin Kruger with you, talking Runner Rebel basketball, Rebels on the road uh, at Boise. A strange schedule in the next uh, 10 days or so, Coach, as uh, you played last night. You don't play again till Sunday, uh, which I don't remember the last Sunday game the Rebels had. And then for the second time this year, a Friday night home game and another long uh, period of time. Uh, let's put a positive spin on it and say for the guys to rest up before the following game against Air Force. Just kind of a crazy group. Yeah, it's been a little odd since uh... – since that last week, really just a little different. And, uh, but, yeah, another Friday night game, a Sunday Sunday night game. So, um, But, yeah, I, I think there there is definitely some truth that, that we could use a few of those days to, to kind of take a deep breath and get in the training room a little bit and, and hopefully uh, get back out there full strength for the finish. Absolutely. Lou Rod uh, aggravating that leg. Uh, um, probably too early to tell whether he's going to be available on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunate, just kind of is what it is at this point um obviously frustrating for lou he wants to be out there uh but um definitely not you know when you when you start talking groins and hamstrings and and, and those types of, of injuries they're not ones you want to rush back because then they can stick around forever kurt it's a it's a time during the season that uh you know you've been at it a long time practice probably seems much more like a chore than it does a a joy of any kind and uh it's 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 a little bit of a, a grind right now, especially uh, when things aren't going your way. I mean, the Rebels had won four of five. They've now lost two in a row uh, in, a, in frustrating fashion. And uh, uh, what, are, what are some things that you did when you were a player to kind of get you through these, uh, these you know, they, in, in baseball they call them the dog days. I'm not sure what the right word for them is in, in February in basketball, but uh, you get the point. Yeah, I don't yeah. It's a tough one. Um, we were always fortunate enough, especially the last two years, um, when when Lon was in charge. I mean, he had a. Uh, we also had a, a very senior group. We had older guys, and so it was much easier to navigate. We all knew what we needed to do individually. Um, but for us, and Kevin can probably remember this, but our practices weren't very long this time of the year. I mean, we'd go in there for maybe like an hour, um, but it'd be like an hour, like twenty minutes of watching film, and then walking through some stuff and getting some shots up, um, just because you're you're beat up at, at this point in the year, like you mentioned. Um, but I understand, like, every team is different. And I think you, you, we had the luxury of doing that because we had 
Lon had been the coach for four years, and we had built a program, and kind of everything was coming together. Um, and so I think Kevin, I mean, they're obviously heading that direction, but I think obviously when you when you drop a couple games when you've been up and down, it's it's harder to to probably trust that you're going to be able just to kind of turn it on, turn it off type thing. Um, but I think the biggest thing is for the guys to, to be healthy and to make sure that they're mentally just in the right spot because, again, seasons are longer. When you have a not, when you have an inconsistent travel schedule and game schedule, that comes into play as well. Um, but obviously winning cures all, so hopefully the guys can, can get right and get ready for boys on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's amazing. The, the, the roller coaster that I referred to, it's almost more like a W in the sense that the, the ups are, are pretty steep and you feel pretty good and the downs uh, don't feel good at all and they're, and they're steep the other direction. Uh, you know, it's amazing just a couple of weeks ago or you know, a week ago, uh, people were feeling really good. And, you know, two games later, you're, 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 you're questioning everything. And it's, uh, I, I guess it's the, the way things are in, in, in our culture now to have that be. But uh, it certainly is hard on the guys. It is. And it's, it, like you said, it's, uh, it's, it's just tough to kind of, you know, leave Laramie feeling that, you know, we, we, we were locked in, dialed in, and, uh, uh, and the best part about the, the the game in Laramie was, you know, they had just more or less cut three guys yeah. that morning or the day the night before, and usually it's very easy to get distracted by other people's distractions. It's it's very easy to start thinking, well, they're down people, you know, they're missing this, their 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 heads aren't going to be in the right place, and so we should be able to go in there and just kind of just show up and. And the best part about that game in Laramie was the guys didn't do that at all. I mean, they immediately knew how good that group that we were playing uh, from Wyoming was in terms of just how solid they were defensively and how big they were. And uh, and just took every challenge of it and responded and, and answered great. And, uh, and yeah, and then just to not see that kind of that same level is... Is uh, just been unfortunate, yeah, but uh, frustrating. Yeah, yeah, and then and, and Lou going out during the pro through it, uh, you know, of course uh, changes things a little bit. And um, but at the same time, you know, uh, had, we had a number of opportunities last night, and uh, it, we just couldn't quite get over the hump. Yeah, and and sometimes you know, you talk about the Wyoming team, you remove internal distractions, and I have absolutely no idea of of what happened there and why those kids left and 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 any of that, but. Assuming that, that that there was an issue, you remove that issue, it can galvanize a smaller group. And and look what they did last night. Well, it absolutely did. Uh, you know, being out on the court during warmups, uh, they were they were bouncing around, they were excited, they were they were high fiving each other, they were talking, they were you know singing, they were with the you know they were uh, you know they were excited. You know, hearing them in the tunnel, you know, uh, pregame, halftime, they were they were they were communicating, they were. They were intense. They, they they had a great intent about them, and uh, and our guys just I think they just really locked in, you know, from the jump of it, and uh, and that's that's not a hard play or it's not an easy place to no. to go get a win. And you know, and and again, you 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 always like to project and 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 you try to be an optimist. Okay, you build on that. You build on that because the rebels had done that at times this year, unable to do so to this point. Uh, so as as a coaching staff. And, 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 Kurt, jump in here in terms of what, what you think uh, and what you, you've experienced. Can you, can you change something? Can you, I don't know, create a different tone, create a different atmosphere slightly to help the guys sort of get back on track? I, you know, I, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I'll jump in. Um, being completely honest at this stage of the game, I don't think there's anything the coaches can do from their perspective. I mean, because 
they put them in a position to be successful. Um, they give them the, the, the scouting report, the game plan, and I think they prepare for it um, leading up until the, the game tips off. But at some point, the guys are going to have to want to make the changes or be the ones to say, hey, we've got to handle this, like a, like a closed-door, like players-only meeting. Like, what are we going to do to get things done? Not that that's what they need, but typically when you get to this stage of the season, there's very little that's going to get you motivated. There's no bulletin board material or anything the coaches can pull a rabbit out of a hat. Um, you are where you are, and so you've got to kind of make that conscious effort and decision to, to make a change. And and who knows what it may, it may be. It may just be a one-game thing where guys just don't have it that night or they, they turn a corner the next day or they they get that motivation or they have one great day of practice, like Kevin mentioned, and they, there's that one play where it kind of guys like, wow, okay, now we're on board with it. Um, but I think it can go. It goes either way. So one play can 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 basically separate you to a degree. Um, but again, I I think it's and not that Kevin's not a great motivator. But I think it's just you get to a point to where you keep hearing the same thing over and over. It's almost like you you don't need to hear that anymore for something for something different to happen. Yeah, I guess that was one of the reasons I was asking. You know, a, a different message, a different tone, a different some something different to change it up. Or is it is it a case stay the course, continue to do what you do, and and as, as Kurt said, you know the players have to take some responsibility as well. Well, I think there's there's just got to be a balance. You know, we we feel that that the that the work that the the, the approach um, we feel that the foundation again and as a coaching staff that uh, that we're, we're that the guys have done so far is we feel that's the right direction. Um, but uh, there absolutely does need to be tweaks. Um, but also without trying to sound like you're second guessing the the work that's been put in. Uh, you know, you don't we don't want the guys to think that. Uh, that, that we're less confident in, in anybody's abilities uh, or we're less confident in, in the groundwork that had been laid. And uh, so, yeah, there, there's just kind of that healthy balance. But, uh, you know, it's on us as a staff to, to figure out how to get them going. And uh, just because uh, confidence is a, it's a tricky thing. And, uh, you know, there's, there's nights where you're, you go out and you, you put your chest out a little bit and you, no matter what happens, you feel like it's going to end up great. And then there's nights where, you know, you go out there and, it just kind of almost feels like, well, something's about to go wrong, and you just kind of have that cloud over you for a long time. And I think, uh, you know, it's not something where you can just say, you know, be confident, be confident. It's uh, like Curtis said, sometimes it can just be a play. It could be a game. It could be a half. Um, but uh, it, it, it's just kind of one of those things. And, and we just got to figure out how to challenge them in the right way to kind of get them back going and, and get their confidence back going and, uh, and so that we get good results. That's interesting, the, the, the challenge them in the right way. Yeah, I think is a really poignant statement. The the fact that you know you've got so you, you have a, a veteran group. They've only been together here for less than a year, but you have guys who've done and had success at other places that we and we've talked about. Finding out how to challenge them in the right way is a challenge in and of itself because they come from different places, and you're you know you spend a lot of time, even though you've you know you've had them since last summer, and we had the Canada trip and everything. You spend a lot of time trying to figure out. As you say, how to challenge them in the right way, without a doubt, and uh, you know, because it's not what we say or what we, it's what they hear and what they do, and uh, you know how we get that message across, and uh, how we make sure to be on the same page, and and like we've talked about in past shows, uh, you know, conversation with David Mwoko is not going to be identical to the conversation with Isaiah Cottrell or or pick pick another player, just because you know you learn guys through time, and you learn what what motivates them, you learn. Uh, you know what gets them going, what slows them down, what 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 helps, what hurts, and uh, and but at the same time, you know, you, it, it takes a little time to figure that out, learn it, and, and and implement it. I think to Kevin's point is, 
is what they hear. And it's just kind of like you mentioned, John, we kind of we joked about people sliding in the DMs. I mean, that's the guys that they have to worry about that these days in terms of people mentioning them or adding them and giving them flack for not playing good or the team's not doing as good as they, they should have been or they were before. Um, and, I mean, everybody can see that. You can search it on these social media sites and see that those types of comments. But when we played, that just how goes to show how old we were, we didn't have that issue. And so, again, you take that away from the – I mean, from the equation of, of what you have to do to be motivated and make sure guys are ready to play. So that's just another factor that goes into making sure these guys are prepared and ready to play. And, and I've, I've been pretty open and honest about how I feel about it. I mean, you know, social media is a, is a, is a great tool and a great means of communication and platform when it's used responsibly and properly. But, uh, and people have the right to express their opinions. Uh, you know, you don't want to limit that. But at the same time, there's civility and there's... there's uh, there's an appropriate way to do that, and when and you know before you post something, and we understand there are frustrations, we understand there's anger and, and all of that, and passion about being a fan. Be- before you post something, you know remember the impact it's going to have, whether it's on the specific individual you're referring to, to the group he's involved with, or the program as a whole and the future of the program. You know, remember that that what you're putting out there gets seen not just by the person you're sending it to. Right. And I think, I mean, a good rule of thumb for anybody that's just, we want some social media tips is before you post that, what would your mother say if she read that? And the reason I say that is because my mother is sitting here, so I, I know very well I'm going to make sure I don't post anything inappropriate. But hey, maybe we should all take a, well, take a lesson from that. I, 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 I mean, there, there is some truth to that. And it's, it's also a matter of understanding what it is to be a fan. Now, if your mother has the mouth of a sailor, then that's a whole other story. <laughs> whole and other. mine may as well. So we, I guess that new Mom's point. laughing out there. I know exactly, that. Exactly. That's why. But, but you know, it, it does get into that, the idea that, uh, you know, the fans, especially because of social media, are part of the program as well, and they're part of building the program, and part of everybody trying to build this program back to where everybody wants it to be. But understand that even though uh, your passion is a big part of that, if your passion is misplaced, is your pa- if your passion is not used for uh, the appropriate purpose, it can do a lot more damage than it can do help. And I, I don't need anybody to, to jump in on that, but uh, I, I think I'm pretty safe in saying that. Uh, all right, off my soapbox. Uh, we, will, we will take another break. We will come back. We'll continue to talk about the Runner Rebels. I have a question for Coach uh, about, uh, uh, in general, what's happening. Uh, lots of rumors going around about Pac-12 and teams in the conference and all of that. And uh, Try to get into that a little bit because – it, it's got to make your world even more crazy uh, with all that flying around. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. I want to remind you that uh, Finley Chevrolet, located in the southwest at 215 and South Rainbow, they're Nevada's number one Chevrolet volume dealership. Frankly, they're customer-driven. Back with more on the Kevin Kruger Radio Show from the Bourbon Street Lounge here inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Keyshawn gives the ball to McCabe. McCabe on the right wing. Gives it out top to Harkless. Harkless going to drive. Harkless powers his way in, lays it in. Nice move as he saw a lane and knew that Gorner couldn't stop him. Back to your hosts, John Sandler and Curtis Terry with Coach Kruger on the UNLV Men's Basketball Coaches Show. John Sandler, Curtis Terry, and head coach Kevin Kruger talking Runner Rebel basketball from the Orleans. The Bourbon Street Lounge, Runner Rebels getting ready to take on Boise up in Idaho on Sunday evening. It's a 6 o'clock Las Vegas time tip. We'll be on the air at 5.30 with Running Rebel warm-up. Before we get to what I was going to bring up, 
the, the highlight we heard, E.J. Harkless. I mean, you stand next to E.J., and, you know, he's a, he's a sizable guy, but he doesn't look like he's going to go in and just completely overpower bigger guys when he drives, and he does it every single game. I mean, he's, he's strong, but he's also got that, that experience and that basketball smarts to be able to do that. He does, and he's got a great balance to him. Um, you know, he's 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 rarely knocked off off balance off his center, and uh, you know, so as soon as he gets an advantage, he's he's usually able to make something positive happen from it. And uh, yeah, like in that clip, he just uh, uh, I remember the play. You know, I thought Goroner actually did a really good job on him, uh, but at the same time, EJ was kind of in control uh, the entire play and and able to get to the rim and get to the look that he wanted and. Uh, but that, yeah, he's just—he's incredibly strong. He's uh, uh, and you combine that with with great balance, and he and he's usually able to make good things happen, especially when he gets in the paint. Do you see Keyshawn watching EJ and picking up some of the things he does? Because in terms of the way they attack the basket, there's a lot of similarity. Yeah, there there are a lot of similarities. I think uh, you know probably at, at Keyshawn's age, uh, especially uh, with that EJ probably had a lot of similarities um, to where Keyshawn's at in his development and. Uh, so I, I do think there are a lot of similarities there. Keyshawn just continues to to get this experience and grow and get these opportunities to uh, to try to make things happen, learn from them, and uh, you know as his career continues to improve, it's just uh, it's going to do nothing but benefit him. Okay, I want to get back to what I, I teased before the break. So you're 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 the head coach at UNLV, and you've got you know, and I've said it before, you're the one who chose to put your career in the hands of a bunch of 19-year-old kids, and you've got 13 or 14 of them you're dealing with. You've got a coaching staff. You've got managers. You've got administration. Uh, you've got a family at home. Uh, you've got all of that. Oh, by the way, what conference do you think you're going to be playing in in a year or two? Uh, it's just, I mean, you know, Portal and NIL, all that other stuff. It, it adds so much to the confusion and complexity of your life and your world, I, I just can't even imagine. It, it it's one of those where it, it's yeah, it's fun to discuss and and you know bat around at at, at dinner or or lunch or whatever wherever it, it may be. But uh, at the same time, it, it that's been one of those kind of rare topics where I don't know if anything's ever actually leaked. It's uh you know there's. Uh, I mean, when, when teams are just, when you see that they're up and moving, and we've seen, you know, in the last handful of years, not, not to mention, you know, 10 or years ago plus, but, uh, I mean, I think it caught the country by su- such a surprise, you know, especially the two recent ones when you talk about uh, UCLA. Oh, I knew that was Big happening. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and then, uh, you know, Texas and OU to the SEC, just, I think, you know, no. of course, it, the speculation's fun, the gossip's fun to pass around in, the, in those regards of who might go where, what it would do, who are they going to add, who's not going to add, would they want to do, I mean, you know, oh, they'd have to go to this, this I mean, that's fun to talk about, but it, it is really one of those things where when you finally do actually hear about it and it hits the, hits the news, it, I mean, it's, a, it's completely different or a complete surprise, and uh, but I think with with conference shakeup and realignment, I, I we haven't even begun to see it. I don't think. Yeah, I, I mean there there are there are all sorts of different ways of thinking about it. You and I have t- spent some time talking about it, uh, just you know casually uh, in your office and, and at dinner, what have you, about the way you know football controls the world, television controls football, but there are other media outlets. There's other 
other possibilities with, with streaming and all of that now. Uh, it is, as you said, it's impossible to predict. No, without a doubt. But it is, it is fun, you know, to, to talk about potential matchups, geography, recruiting, uh, you know, who'd have to play who, when they'd have to go there, climates even, you know, talking. I mean, it's, it, it's fun to bat around, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, I don't know. I like, the, where, I like the climate thing. Going. Kurt, how about that? How about, you know. Climates are out the window yeah, after it snowed yesterday. Yeah, here. well, yeah. you know, we, we, we get a pass. So, let's see. Rebels. San Diego State, Arizona State, Arizona, um, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. No, scratch them. Too much, too far to travel. Well, go over there and take all the teams and play a two-week round robin. Okay. Yeah, something like that. You know, uh, you know, it's kind of like when uh, when the Mountain West realigned. Uh, you know, I, I suggested to then Commissioner Craig Thompson that he divide it instead of Mountain Pacific into convenient and inconvenient. So that if your yep. if your arena w- is within twenty minutes of a major airport, you get in one division, and if you're a two hour bus ride from a major airport, you're in the other one, and and go get them. But uh, that that didn't exactly fly. But you're right, Kevin. It's a lot of fun to try to figure out and play it, and it's all speculation. No, there's no sort of inside info on it. No, I think that's what we saw with the with the last uh, the last two you know big moves. Is uh, nobody had any idea. There was a lot of guesswork, and uh, but uh, yeah, I think it. it It'll be another piece of what makes, I think, the NCAA uh, a- athletics fun to follow and uh, uh, because it's continuing to change. Um, obviously, the, the, there's a lot more. They're getting, the conference is getting bigger, and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I think we're going to see something new with the NCAA tournament even in the next handful of years one way or the other. And uh, so it's exciting times as always. How mad are those USC and UCLA guys when they, they could be going to Washington for a road game, but still they got to go to Jersey to play Rutgers? Yeah, not it's not just a long trip. Yeah, it's a long trip on a charter and a football team. What about the field hockey team? How are they getting there? <laughs> I mean, you know, seriously, that's, that's the issue. I mean, that's, that's a challenge. It'll be interesting to see how that, that all plays out. We don't have to worry about that. We're going to Boise on Sunday. It's about an hour and 15 minutes. Nice city. And we'll see if... Uh, if the if the rebels can uh, can can get the W up there, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Broncos here in just a moment. How much do you guys talk about it? I mean, it is it is you know coffee table talk. It is just kind of you know speculation. But do you spend any time at all just sort of speculating and and and, and seeing what's going on? Uh, honestly, during the season, no. Um, but yeah, in the fall, um, you know, even, uh, it was like, a hot topic at Mega Desk this fall, wasn't well, it? Well, yeah, oh yeah, at Mega Desk, you know, catches here. Um, you know, he's, he's got his ear to the ground. You know, he's in the middle of, 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 oh, he knows. of he's what's going saying. on. And it may, yeah, he might know and just not want to share it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, he gets, you know, he, his, his circle of people that he talks to. And then of course coaches, we, we have no idea, but every now and again, you'll have one that, I, you know, pretends like they do. And so they'll throw out, <laughs> throw out their idea and, uh, you know, you just kind of blend it all together and see what direction it heads. But no, it, it's, it's one of those things. It's just fun to sit around and talk sports with, with, sports people and 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 just kind of talk about all the the what ifs and and where it can go but uh i think as long as someone mentioned as long as the charter flights uh stay on track you know i think it uh it doesn't really matter where we go absolutely right i it, it, it has been a a blessing for the runner rebels no doubt about it all right rebels next uh travel to boise we'll leave saturday for the game on sunday game is sunday night up, uh, I don't even know what they call the arena now uh, in Boise. It's changed names a few times. 
it's not Extra Mile anymore. It might be Extra. Taco, might, it used to be Taco Bell. It used to be Taco Bell. I think it's. I think it is Extra Mile Arena uh, up there at Boise. We'll be surrounded by blue and orange, and they're a pretty good club. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll we'll get into the Broncos a little bit and uh, talk about how the Rebels are going to get back on the winning track and get another road win because they've been pretty darn good on the road this year. Have the runner Rebels. We'll take a break. I want to remind you, uh, fans, that uh, the Orleans Hotel and Casino and Boyd, thank you for tuning in and joining us tonight here at the Bourbon Street Lounge. Boyd is grateful to have the opportunity to support UNLV Sports with hosting the Coaches Show. Go Runner Rebels. If you're not already part of Boyd Rewards, they invite you to experience life rewarded and join the loyalty program that links you to nine destinations here in Las Vegas as well as destinations around the country. You're listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Down the right side, bounces to Mualka. David, good catch on that right side. Tries to step inside, puts up with the left hand. Nice move, David Mualka, to get underneath Big Diallo and lay it in. Back to the Kevin Kruger Coaches Show, live from the Bailiwick, inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Kind of poignant to have uh, a David Mualka highlight. We've been talking about a roller coaster, and, and David's season, probably more than anybody else, it kind of replicates the Rebels' uh, conference season in terms of his ups and downs. And even within, just in the context of last night's game, uh, there were some plays where you're just shaking your head and there's some plays where you're, you're nodding your head pretty emphatically and thinking that this guy's got some tools and it's just a matter of trying to harness them all. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, David, uh, he, David's had a great year. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I know he's, he's, he's caught some flack. But uh, even when he was, you know, not playing at the same uh, kind of a, result level that we saw with the blocks and the rebounds and, and the dunks that we saw early um he was still getting good results um it just it, 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 his confidence was just shaking and uh and lately he's been he's been better again he's been kind of heading back toward that direction uh he's made a really good impact in the last few games and uh and uh, again it's one of those things where we're at the point now where we've just got to get better these four games we've got to get confidence going we've got to just continue to build and have better nights, better intent about getting better results, and uh, and just keep working at it. Well, the Rebels are headed to a place where they've played well. That good play has not always been rewarded. A lot of close games in Boise uh, over the years, and uh, Sunday probably will be another one against a Boise team that has it has had its own up and ups and downs, but uh, a team that, when they're healthy, is really good and and. Uh, I still cannot believe how big Degenhardt got between last year and this year. I mean, he's big last year. He's a building now. Yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing but compliments for for Degenhardt. I mean, he's he's an unbelievable basketball player. He does. It, it, if you just watch him, he's all he's just so his laser focus and uh, and and he's had an you know, unbelievable freshman year last year, an unbelievable year this year. He's going to have an unbelievable college basketball career. Um, but uh, again, if you take a look at Boise, you know you're you're looking at a team that's, you know, it's got a six-year guy, it's yeah. got a handful of fifth-year guys, it's got guys. When you take their top seven, six of them have played together at least two years, and uh, and I think that you talk about a little bit of a roller coaster. You know, they haven't lost since they're at home since their opener to South Dakota State. But when you have a group that's been together, played together, you know, with with Coach Rice. You know, it's a group that just has continued to get better, and uh, and it's one of those things where we're going to be going in there playing uh, playing against a team that's got a lot of confidence and a lot of security, especially right now. at home, and especially at home. And uh, 
but uh, yeah, we've got to kind of bring our, our hard hat that we've brought on most of the trips on the road and, uh, and just understand we're going to have to guard because uh, the game last night against San Jose was eerily similar to the one we played against Boise here uh, uh, in yeah. early January. We just had a lot of really good possessions. We just didn't finish them out. And uh, that's, uh, that's kind of what we're learning from last night going forward is, you know, we've got to just kind of take it up a notch. The, the, you know, the other thing about the Boise program is, you know, Leon Rice has been there forever, and, and that consistency, along with the consistency in the roster, allows them to build that culture and build that program and have continued success year after year. Uh, without a doubt. You know, anytime you can have uh, returners, guys that have played together, uh, so when they're in a situation, you know, in the middle of February where they're struggling, they, uh, they can look to each other and kind of get that confidence from, from one another. And, uh, and, and again, I think, uh, you know, they, they've done nothing but get better throughout the year, just watching their games and just watching how much better they, uh, they play together now than they did even when we played them in January, much less uh, when they were in their MTE back in Florida when they were playing A&M and, and, uh, and, and Charlotte and, uh, and schools like that. Uh, in November, so uh, we got our work cut out for us, and uh, but it's exciting. I mean, you know, why shouldn't it be? Yeah. <laughs> we get an opportunity to go play a, a team that's probably right on the fringe of, a, of being in the top twenty-five, and and get an opportunity to uh, to win a game. Why have the Rebels been so good on the road this year? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those things. You know, at, at home, we just we just can't seem to uh, we we seem to just be just erratic and fast and. Uh, and quick everything we do everything we do at home just seems to just have a an element of it has to happen right now and uh, i feel that uh when we're on the road uh you know that's where the experience and the and the leadership is really shown you know the guys seem to have a a nice calm approach about them and uh there just seems to be a little bit of a of a comfort in just knowing that you know the the 15 guys on the roster the the handful of coaches that go uh you know, if you, if you look around and, you, and you're not looking at one of them, then they're not on your side. And, it, and it's uh, anything outside of that is uh, it doesn't need to be paid attention to. Yeah, it's a little bit of, they call it a foxhole mentality. And, uh, uh, Kurt, I know that you guys, uh, in, in your day, uh, you prided yourself on, on that toughness and being able to go on the road and battle teams. Yeah, I think it, it, it also just goes to show what kind of group you've got. Um, and like you mentioned, kind of that foxhole mentality, that bunker mentality. Um, but it just goes to show that you're able to, to achieve something again. And when you like when you go up to Boise, um, or when you go to San Diego State, I mean, tough places to win, tough places to play. And it's really it's it's who flies up there with you is all you got. It's all the people you can rely on. Um, but I always like road trips personally because you get to bond with the guys. I think that's when you have the most fun. Um, you don't have the distractions that you do if you're at home or if you have family members um, or parents like I've got and they're pain in my butt um, <laughs> or just you know, or girlfriends or significant others or just responsibilities that you get to leave those at home or here in Vegas while you go on the road for a little bit and just focus on that and so I know I always appreciated just going on the road and being able to hang with the guys and I think I think most most players do yeah I think this group has shown obviously with the results the success that they've had on the road the battle even the games they haven't won with the exception of San Diego State uh, they've been battling and and in uh, every game, and uh, it, 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 as Curtis said, it shows a little bit about this group. And uh, even though the last couple of games have been, uh, you know, not what anybody wanted them to be in terms of result, uh, it, it should give you and the, and the coaches and and the guys confidence that uh, maybe heading back out on the road is exactly what they need uh, to to try to get things back on track. I sure hope so. Um, yeah. Because the alternative <laughs> hasn't been a lot of fun. No. But uh, yeah, no. Like like Curtis said, there there's just a. There's a consistency in a in a road game that uh, you know can bring some comfort 
and uh, and it's uh, you know at times it can be nice and uh, but the guys they've enjoyed playing on the road so you know hopefully we can uh, go up there and just and just fight and you know if we can if we can fight like we know we've been able to fight so far together on the road then uh, you know we'll be able to live with whatever happens. All right, five thirty with Runner Rebel warm up six o'clock Sunday night. The Runner Rebels and Boise. I want to thank Demond back in our Learfield studios, Danny Engineering alongside. Thank you all for coming. For Curtis, for Coach, this is John saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. Live from Bourbon Street Lounge inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino, you've been listening to the Runnin' Rebels Coaches Show, presented by Fenley Toyota. Also brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Experience life rewarded with Boyd Rewards. Proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. And by Fenley Chevrolet. Frankly, we're customer driven. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Rebel Sports Network.